<laughs> that was a bad term. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. In five, four, three. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Soccer Punch. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joe. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like Sucker Punch, we are unprepared. <laughs> that is true. We've literally that... been sat here for an hour while we all do our work, ready for the podcast. This is like the most apt tagline we've ever had. If you've listened to any previous episode, you'll know that we are always unprepared. So uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, seriously, though, if you've never heard the show before, then hold on to your... Uh, I don't know what, what I'm trying to think of something memorable you, in Soda Punch. Lobotomy needles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hold on to your lobotomy needles <laughs> because we're about to have, uh, I don't know, uh, we're about to frazzle your brain. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Essentially, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There's also a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans to keep you entertained, including a caption contest, a quiz, some questionable impressions, some subpar xylophone playing, some silly sound effects, and a lot of banter. So this week's film on trial is Sucker Punch. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. No, All right. Yeah, it's sort of, you know, the closest thing to a punch that I could get. So does it punch all the right notes or does it just suck? Yeah. Hey. Okay, uh, so just to say that this will be a very spoilerific episode. So if you haven't seen the film yet, you can either listen to this episode after you've watched it. It's available on Sky Go and Now TV movies for free. Or, well, I say for free, you need to have a subscription first. Or you can, I don't know, buy it. Do or, what I did, yeah. To, do it. what Ozzy did, buy the most expensive <laughs> copy of it and only watch it. I'm not even going to say a full once, maybe about 70 minutes of it. <laughs> Or what you could do is you could just trust our judgments or you could fast forward to our quiz this week brought to you by me, which will be highlighted in the comments section below. So before we go on, our last film on trial was Candyman. Um, Ozzy, I don't have a, a Candyman sound. Yeah, I like it. Ominous well bees. bees. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, so Alex, you judged that trial. You deemed that it should be placed on the hit list. Did you make the right call? Uh, yeah, it's not. I wasn't as certain watching it. Like after the podcast, I was like, "This is going to be a hit. I can't wait for it." It was good, and Candyman's really good in it. But to be honest, uh, a lot of the points in the prosecution came back into my head quite a lot as I was watching it. I did get a little bit bored in midway through it, and then it brought it back at the end. So I'd say just about, but I was less less sure of it. Than is I it because for me watching it again, I thought when it starts off, you kind of go, oh, okay, this Here is going to be go. a slasher film. Yeah. But then it turns into sort of like a mystery sort of ghost story. Yeah, but it also has got a bit of social commentary on it. I just didn't feel like it really wrapped up a bit of what it sort of was going on about a little bit there. So, yeah, I was, uh, it was a good film, but I was a bit disappointed. But Candyman himself, Tony Todd, wow, really good. Yeah, really amazing. brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so thank you very much for that, Alex. Now, before we go on to the bulk of the show, I think it's time for a little bit of news. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever, you know. I wonder where that was going. Not bad, yeah, not yeah. Bad. No, good, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, I mean, I had all these ideas of songs that I could use in it, but I was, and, and I was like, actually, no, they're all uh, completely inappropriate. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so what we do here is we go around in a circle and we talk about the most newsworthy topics of the week, starting with the biggest one, I think, is that Robert Pattinson may be the new Batman in Matt Reeves's highly anticipated sort of prequel to uh, i imagine the dc films it's called the batman and production will start soon i think but towards the end of the year uh, it's the, been the batman is what called, they're going with. yeah the batman for this i mean it, it might change it was called the batman when ben affleck was attached to it whether a, or not a batman would be <laughs> far more a version the, of batman <laughs> the one the only dot 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 batman <laughs> uh, so I, I, I dave i think you're the biggest batman fan here what do you think about this potential bit custom uh, um you see when i first heard it i thought it was a joke I thought, you know, it's not April Fool's. What do you mean Robert Pattinson as Batman? Um, but then as, as more I thought about it, the more I considered it, this actually might not be bad casting. I'm coming around to the idea. The more I hear about it, the more I think about it, I think, you know what? Go on. Go on. Yeah, this might work. I mean, 
I don't know much about Robert Pattinson. Twilight was a long time ago. Mm. You know, he's grown up a lot since then. I'm sure he's had a chance to hone his craft as an actor since then. I'm willing to go out on a bit of faith here. You know, how many times have they cast Batman and you think right out of the gate, this isn't going to work? It's the normal feeling you get. People thought that about Bale at first. You know, people came around to Bale. True. So, Daniel Craig, I don't know. everyone I'm, hated him before he became Bond. Exactly. I, I'm going to have a bit of faith on is this they? one here, but it, it is not popular. Hmm. It is not a popular decision, so I don't know what you guys are but, thinking. But have you ever seen a film that Rob Pattinson's done? You've been like, "Wow, that is," you know what I mean? Like that was a great performance. I'm not saying he's bad or anything, but he's it's kind of forgettable. Have you ever seen Good Time? No, that was that was quite good. Um, it was all about. Was it a good time? It, you know what? It was all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think he did a really good performance. And I also saw a film a while ago called The Rover, and sort of like a post-apocalyptic film. And he was in that, and I thought to myself. You know what? That's pretty. I think he's done a good job of picking a bit like Daniel Craig after Harry Potter, Has sort he? of distancing himself. Daniel from, Radcliffe, you mean? What did I say? I was Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig. I was say, he wouldn't make a good Harry Potter. Though. <laughs> that would have been a fucking great yeah. bit of casting. He's a really honest Bond, but a shit Harry Potter. Um, you're a wizard. Bond. It's Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah, no, so, so similar to Radcliffe, he's sort of done a diverse range of roles since then, trying to distance himself from that character. I think he's done an all right job, so be interesting. Joel, I can see that you completely disagree with this, so what's your take on it? Um, well, can we trust the opinion of a man, i.e. you, who had... <laughs> <laughs> Don't mince your words, Joel. Tell us what you really well, think. Let's not say anyone, no. Who had... Um, <laughs> A, a, a picture of Robert Patterson above your bed for 10 years. Listen, all right, C- Kristen Stewart was on that picture as well. <laughs> <laughs> and my face was over Kristen Stewart's face. <laughs> uh, let's leave that there. Uh, let's, let's move on. Okay, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, also, he's in a really interesting film coming up um, called The Lighthouse. It's all shot in black and white. It's by the director of The Witch. Is that with Willem Dafoe? It is Willem Dafoe, yeah. yeah, I think it's just the two of them in the the film. It's just those two. Uh, So I think I'm going to reserve my judgment until I've seen that film. I think that's that's going to do it for me. Anyway, moving quickly on to our second piece of news, and that is that Scooby-Doo is going to be remade as part of an expected Hanna-Barbera extended universe. Ozzy. Do you have any more details for us, please? Um, not that, not that much known, but there's, there's been a little collation of stuff online, so we know it's going to be called Scoob. Okay, which seems like an odd thing to go with, anyway. So yeah, Scoob, um, and I guess that's going to be his nickname because yeah, well, like Jesus, he hates Scoobs, <laughs> whoever that is. Bobcat Goldthwait's going to be in Scooby Doo. The only thing we know is it's actually an origin story. So the origin of I don't know whether it's the origin of Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo, or whether it's like how him and Shaggy get to to meet, and oh, then God, I assume they <laughs> meet. Everyone else. Hey, so, yeah. do you feel we're getting a lot of origin stories oh, that right. nobody is asking for? Is, does well, it, has go, anyone yeah. ever thought, my God, when did Shaggy meet Scooby? I wonder, I wonder how that happened. Yeah. You know? There's a story here. How did, <laughs> how did Shaggy learn he liked dog biscuits? Yeah. <laughs> how did they know they wanted sandwiches stacked that <laughs> How did they know they could get it in one? <laughs> I feel like that's answered in subtext that Shaggy clearly smokes a lot. Yeah, it's totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, if it's an origin story about them... Yeah. 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 There's not even a dog. That's the twist. It's all in Shaggy's mind. We know that Zac Efron is going to be Fred. Um, okay. It's a voice actor. It's actually, so it's going to be animated. Oh, it's yeah. going to be animated. It's, okay. it's fully animated. Yeah, Does that yeah, make it yeah, better? Yeah. yeah. Um, who else do we know? We know? Amanda Seyfried is going to be Daphne. Okay. And uh, yeah. Gina Rodriguez is going to be Velma. Okay. Um, it sounds shit. I'm just going to say. Yeah. It. Well, it really is. Does. Not to, you know, don't pass judgment just yet, but Dick uh, Dastardly. Yeah, is going to be the well known not Scooby-Doo. a Scooby Doo character, but okay, no, but, <laughs> yeah, but well, part a, of a Hannah Barbera yeah. universe. Okay, I mean, so make of that what you will. Well, I mean, who's, who's playing it? That's the lead. Do we know? Um, no, we have not been told. Oh. I, th- I think the, the oh, no, we do know, we do know, we do. It's Jason Isaacs, no way, Jason Isaacs. He's uh, yeah, so the guy who is Lucius Malfoy. Oh, wow. Will, uh, he will be right okay you know what I'm just I'm all for it (laughs) bring it on one of my issues is that each Scooby-Doo episode is like a whodunit isn't it I mean there's usually like two characters there's the one who's getting haunted and then there's another character and always turns out to be that other character but there's (laughs) still like for a child like a bit of a whodunit like oh who's the real bad guy here if you introduce Dick Dastardly probably the greatest villain from the Hanna-Barbera films (laughs) on cartoons you're gonna know right away that it's him you know regardless 
And it's played by Jason Isaac, who also plays one of, you know... The biggest villains. Yeah, one of the biggest villains in the Harry Potter franchise. Uh, If it's animated, then, you know, why not? Well, the only other thing I suppose we really know is that it's uh, it's two years later. It was meant to come out last year. and um, Always a good uh, sign, yeah. yeah, Yeah. It's uh, it's it's now due for release on uh, May 15th, 2020. So... Almost Hold a year. Hats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, are they going to start bringing in the other Hanna Barbera, whatever those costumes, <laughs> like Flintstones say, and stuff yeah, like I that? Th- I think this is going to go the way of um, the Dark Universe or whatever. As in, they're going to say this, release one film, it's going to be shit, and then they're going to say, nope. let's scrap. How this. much egg is going to be on your face if like eighteen <laughs> yeah. films from now is like Scoot He's hanging around with George Jetson. What's the dog from the Jetsons as well? I can talk, yeah. can't I? So, Astro. There you go. Astro. Astro. Yeah. So they, maybe we've already, there's another storyline altogether. Exactly. Just like with, you know, the MCU, they started on Earth and then they ventured into space. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what happened. Astro is like the, um, the, the Captain Marvel of uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, thank you very much for that, guys. Uh, so I think well, before we move on, it's time for highly anticipated Alex's Film Feels. I feel like we anticipate your sound effect more than the actual segment itself. Which we is didn't, sad. Want us, didn't want to say. <laughs> so, uh, Sucker Punch has a big action team fighting all the way through it. It made me think what's your favourite action team from all films ever? Anyone got anything that springs to mind? Uh, the the A-team? The A-team, did they do the films? They did, did, unfortunately, but it was a remake with Liam Neeson, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Liam Neeson, Bradley Cooper. Are you sure that's what you want to go with? That's quite a (laughs) (laughs) star-studded You know, none of them covered in scandal. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm going to retract. You guys carry on. (laughs) I think there's plenty of good teams, you know, good action teams. There's bad ones as well. I'd say the Magnificent Seven are particularly Dang. bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Joel's out. Gav? <laughs> uh, maybe Infinity War? I mean, you know, yeah, that's yeah. something that was like 20-odd yeah. films into... I would say out of, that, out of a whole Marvel thing, the Guardians of the Galaxy... They're the best little segment. You know what I mean? The little team. Yeah, yeah. But, You know when yeah. you actually have a film that works through oh, the I team? thought you were talking about sort of star-studded... No, no, it means like a, a team. Oh, like. true. Oh, okay, right. right. I, I will so also the think Avengers, about that. basically. <laughs> what about um, the platoon from Predator? Yes, I was <laughs> thinking you'd go for yeah, that. I, I was thinking you'd go for that. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking maybe the uh, the squadron from Aliens. Oh, yeah. Very good yeah, one. you got Bill Paxton in there, you got Michael Bean. It's like, where can you go wrong? Very good well, one. Well, they, they did go horribly wrong, but, you know, <laughs> as a viewer. <laughs> uh, all good ideas, but they are all incorrect because the best one is the magnificent seven i that's believe we've already heard from joel on that. <laughs> that's <laughs> been discredited oh oh do you mean the seven samurai <laughs> no oh. 12 ronin no, I, I mean i mean that piece of shit denzel washington was in <laughs> <laughs> okay one bad film one bad film man. and he gave a good performance in it anyway right thank you very much for that alex that's quite a fraught <laughs> film feels <isn't> it? <laughs> What about the team who did uh, Armageddon? That was quite a good oh, yeah, action yeah. team. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I Bruce watched Wilson. that recently, but I don't. I was th- like the other day. I was thinking, was that for the podcast or just because I wanted to watch Armageddon? <laughs> yeah, we never told you to watch. That, <laughs> just think I watched them. Right? Right, See, so you've been using this podcast and this excuse to watch terrible films, but you've yeah. been outed, mate. <laughs> anyway, onto the bulk of the show. This week's film, as mentioned before, is Sucker Punch. <laughs> And it has been picked out of the hat at random. It was nominated to us by Frank the Tank, who writes that he and his boss argue about the quality of this film on a regular basis, with one of them saying it's a glorious action romp, whilst the other one says it's simply a warm pile of cat vomit. Um, Now, now, they didn't say that, but I read between the lines. Uh, Well, Frank, you have come to the right place, my friend, to decide this once and for all. So all of the roles have been picked out at random as well so acting as the defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be alex alex is just like oscar isaac in sucker punch he probably regrets pitching up to record (laughs) 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 and in the role of prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list is ozzy ozzy is a bit like the cook he's disgusting (laughs) wow just just one adjective Normally the worst ones are reserved for Alex. Oh, yeah. Goodness. <laughs> now, I could have added that we all want to stab him as well. But... <laughs> uh, 
now, just like real court advocates, Alex and Ozzy will be making the best case for their roles. These may or may not be their genuine opinions, though, so stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear their real thoughts. Now, in the role of character witnesses and lending their genuine opinions to each argument are myself and Dave. Dave is just like Scott Glenn probably was when he signed up for this movie. Drunk and desperate. E- easy. I'm, I'm Scott Glenn. I'll take that every day. I'm moving for a mistrial already. Okay, okay. I'll stop being too harsh, honey. Uh, and I'm just like Baby Doll's stepfather. I've got a bit of a temper, and I'm. <laughs> and I'm the last person you'd want to leave anything to in your will. Uh, which means this week Joel has the most important role, as he will be playing the judge. Joel is m- like most of the female characters in. Sucker Punch, unmemorable. Hey, that's it. <laughs> that's fucking it. <laughs> now, Joel must decide which list the film should be placed on hit or shit based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion. So the good news is that Joel has never seen it, but the bad news is it's got a load of explosions in it, so the prosecution's already on the back foot there. <laughs> uh, but before we get started, I think it, we should give the listeners a bit of a better idea as to what the film is all about. So let us spin the wheel of impressions. So here we read off the synopsis of the film in one of the in the style of one of the cast or characters of the film. This week it has landed on Dave. <laughs> oh, I've got I've got oh, two good no. ones here. Okay. So what what do we reckon? Well, either oh, do you think you could do Scott Glenn? Um, uh, or if you want to, you could what's do my alternative? Carlo Gugino's fantastic <laughs> Russian accent. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you've got to do it justice because it is a fantastic Russian accent. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember Carlo Gugino's Russian accent. It was a great Russian accent. But I you. thought she was meant to be Polish. <laughs> uh, I, I, it's your call. I, I can. Well, do you think you could both give, are going to be give, terrible? Give Glenn a go. Go on. Yeah, both yeah. are going to be terrible. So it doesn't really matter. What about anyway, Scott Glenn doing a good Russian accent? <laughs> yes. Scott Glenn doing a Russian accent, or just Scott Glenn? Go on, try Scott Glenn. Just Scott Glenn. Yeah. Okay, add it. Scott Glenn. So kind of. I always seem to get gravelly old a man, man. A man who kidnapped. I can't think yeah, why. It's not like you're <laughs> A young girl is institutionalized by her abusive stepfather. Retreating to an alternative reality as a coping strategy, envisioning a plan to help her escape. I genuinely felt like I was getting on the bus thing. <laughs> just saved me from two Mounties. That was fantastic. <laughs> that is brilliant, that, to be honest. I mean, I'm glad that you didn't go for the Russian accent. <laughs> yeah, well, there'll be time. We've got Hunt for Red October. It's a good accent. Yeah, talking about, <laughs> talking about shit good accents. accents. Good accent. Uh, so, without further hesitation, Joel, would you like to kick off proceedings, please? All right. I'm kind of leaning towards the defence already, just because of Gav, so... (laughs) (laughs) Defence, do you want to go first? Listen, I... Yeah, I mean, I... I, Oh, you're defending, aren't you? Yeah, I'm defending, but do you want to go first? No, no, go for it. You sure? Yeah, I'd love to hear what you've got to say about this. Uh, Okay, (laughs) wouldn't you? I thought thought you wrote the wrong argument for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what I'm going to say is good about Sucker Punch is... You get a lot from... If you if you go into this film wanting some cracking action, some really good music to go along with your action, and some incredibly good moves and sort of different... It's very different film, this. This isn't your usual going to see an action movie. It, it, it's, it doesn't really play by the same rules. It's got a very interesting and different narrative structure from a lot of different... Easy. From a lot of uh, different films. Uh, and... Yeah, I, the main thing I want to talk about in my defence is just the action because I think, you know, there is a there is a lot of criticism about Sucker Punch and I, I think it sort of overlooks some incredible sequences. This is a film, and Joel, you, I think you would love this film. This is a film where one very early on, without, you know, making you wait too long, you just throws you into a fight where she's given a samurai sword and a pistol and she has to fight three huge zombie samurai demon samurai and it's just and you're just like yeah do you know what i don't really care i don't really need some big explanation about why she's fighting these demon samurai i just want to see these the, the, her fight them you know she fights one of them it's a, it's a really really cracking action scene and then another one just comes in with a gatling gun and from there you're just like yeah literally anything can happen in this film and it does that's the thing anything can happen and it often does happen in the film and and that if you go with it you start thinking oh yeah the next sequence you know what's going to happen here and it's just this mishmash of different genres you never know quite where you are which is i think links in a lot with the you know the film set in 
a um a mental institute you know and i think that sort of allows the film to sort of be free in what it's doing um you know, I think often this film is called One Flew Over the Matrix, basically, because it's got, like, the sort of the mental institution <laughs> of, you know, One Flew Over Cuckoos. And then just these really, really, really good action bits. So and not only do you have Demon Samurai, but, you know, pretty much straight after Demon Samurai, you've got some zombie Nazis. Uh, you know, pretty, pretty much straight after that, you've got this whole sequence with orcs and dragons. So if you want to watch just one film where you just go to different landscapes then go and watch Sucker Punch because you will be given this sort of visual feast, basically. And honestly, I did find myself, like, rewinding just to watch certain moves. Like, there's a bit in the train when she's getting the sword out and she's fighting the robots, and it's just really well choreographed. It's just incredibly well done. You know, why Why is she in the train with the robots? What's the, you know, what things? Mm, okay, you know, maybe not, but, yeah, when she's in the train, it's just well done. Can I ask you one thing here, what year was this meant to be set in? Do you know? That's the th- that's that's what I like about it. I'm guessing <laughs> at first you think it's set in the 30s or 40s or mm-hmm. something like that, but it never really lets you know. There's the the first part of the film starts when it's obviously 30s or 40s, but then you jump into I think it's Sweet Pea's mental state yeah, basically. Yeah. But then because it is set in a mental institute, nothing that that's what kind of keeps wobbling you a bit throughout the whole film you're never quite certain where you are so when the when she's fighting the demon samurai she's got a gun so it's like well that's not normally in that you know normally in samurai you don't have guns then the same with the um zombie nazis they're in a mech tank that's firing off you know rockets and stuff like that orcs and dragons the same thing they're shooting guns it's just fun and the plot does enough to sort of allow the fun to allow you to sort of breathe and sort of keep it fairly sensible whereas you know and just letting you have an, just letting you enjoy some cracking action that's you know so if you want to see lots of different stories within one and some really good action watch watch soccer punch do you agree Ozzy? completely if you want to watch lots you want to watch a mismatch of uh of stories and and fantastic action scenes don't get me wrong this is a real showcase for cgi and um and and, and zach snyder's um capabilities as doing action films yeah this is what you want to watch if you want to try and watch a coherent storyline where the action sequences mean something and and there's a real there's a real sense of uh, of peril to any action sequence then maybe this isn't the watch for you um like i'm just gonna i've made some of these things so, so cracking action i will totally agree the action sequences are good it is um and the cgi is is fantastic like that's clearly where all of the money has gone that guy can make a good film. He cannot write a good story. Like th- th- this is his first original. Um, is it his only original story? I think, and for good reason. Like there is no story going on here. I think he's tried to deal with some really uh, important aspects, and it's just fallen flat. So you know, I think there's meant to be a bit of a, uh, a feminine empowerment um, uh, aspect to the entire story, but it, I mean, it falls flat, and there's there's a fine line to to get in there. Um, it takes itself so seriously. So the action sequences, I think, could be enjoyable if the rest of the film wasn't trying to be so serious and like hit home with a with the, with like a, a, an overarching story uh, and this overarching message, which does it just really doesn't come. Um, I just made a few comments here just to make sure you you really picked up on on what Alex said. No explanation about the fights. There is literally no explanation about where these fights come from. Uh, all the way through the action sequences uh, are overlooked as what uh, as what Alex said they are the entire film it's just four very similar action sequences that it gets tiresome but so the first two I uh, first one came in and I thought you know this is quite an interesting take with the, the samurai and I thought okay it's a bit weird but it's a comic book feel to it yeah I can go with that the second one comes it's the um it's the zombie nazi uh I thought okay Maybe, maybe we can go with him. It's the biggest, biggest scene. I'm, I'm up for it. The third one. By this point, I sort of thought maybe what he's done here is he's looked at a whole load of films that he wished he'd directed, and thought I can put a little take on it. I can do ten minutes of that. I'll do twenty minutes of that. So, so that's where he's gone. So he's gone for like Lord of the Rings or um, Harry Potter sequence with his big dragon. And then we get to the fourth one, which is you're tired by then because it's exactly the same premise you know exactly what's coming they've got to get the the other thing why did 
lots of plot holes in this, and I think you can forgive it because it's a shit film, so it's bound to have it. it there's no real storyline, but why didn't they wipe the... Uh, they, they make this list. Don't so are you aware of the storyline to Sucker Punch at all? Nope. No, okay. So it starts, the very first sequence is uh, you're in like a, a mansion, aren't you? You, you see... Everything's told very quickly how it gets to. So she becomes an orphan because her mum dies. Um, and then in the will, this, this uh, priest who's looking after them in the orphanage, he reads the will. He's, 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 not, he's not got anything. Um, she's been left everything, uh, but he's been abusing the kids. Um, and then she tries to fight back. She ends up accidentally shooting her, um, her sister and then tries to kill Maybe him. when that happens. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just a... <laughs> It's awesome. three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's—I mean, this is this is pretty fast-paced, and you think, "Shit, this is hard hitting. This is, you know, quite deep." And then over the top of that is this um, take on um, "Sweet Dreams" that made of these. Um, and the first feeling I had is, "Okay, you, you know, do you really have to?" I can see what's happening here. I can, I'm well aware that there's some sort of abuse going on. However, they just keep repeating the song over and over again so about um about being it says that some of them want to abuse you and i think she's doing the singing of it in, in the thing so you think okay it's kind of interesting it just feels like a bit of a uh an extended mu- uh, music video for this period but you get the scene you, you can forgive it because it's the first 30 minutes you're in you know it's okay i'll, I'll go with it then suddenly you go into this um so she goes to she gets taken to her uh, mental institute so that um so she doesn't have to be uh, taken seriously for any allegations of rape because the police have come because she's killed her sister. And then um, he does this little deal with the um, the main porter to, like, finish her off, make sure she's uh, she's in no way got a memory or she's totally not taken seriously for when, when anybody comes around to uh, question her. And that's um, and that's essentially the start of the, the main part of the film where she goes into this dream world or, like, a... A reclusive state so that she can deal with what's going on around her and i'm giving it a lot of credit here because none of this is clear until i don't know maybe like 17 80 90 minutes into the, the film um so you're perplexed for more than half of the film about what's going on um and then yeah she's having these crazy fight sequences um where she's she's got a gun and i think and she's also i mean i should probably point this out so in the one of the things we, we've sort of started on is that the fight sequences are essentially four to six incredibly beautiful actresses wearing very little clothes, um, shooting monsters. That's what it is. And they're great, they're great fight sequences, but this is, that is literally the film four R- times. R- write that down, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> and it is that just four times. But by the last one, I mean, that's what, the reason I brought up the, the, uh, the years, it's like, it's meant to be this, uh, this girl, Baby Doll is her name. So that, I mean, that was a bit annoying for me as well. That she's called Baby Doll. There's one called Sweet Pea, one called Rocket, one called Blondie. Um, and it just, just the whole film just like reeks of misogyny. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to give him some sort of credit here. I feel like maybe he was trying to make a point about it. And then it just didn't really tie it home. Um, that's what I'm going to go with. I think there was some sort of uh, narrative or some sort of uh, point that was trying to be made about how women are treated in society and in movies. I'm giving him some sort of credit here, but I, I didn't get it. I, that's not what came across to me. It was just, uh, it, was, it just felt like there was zero empowerment going on here. Um, it was literally just uh, eye candy for like young lads who are going to go and watch. I mean, this is on the it, very edge of PG-13. It was definitely aimed at a adolescent male crowd. Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah, completely. And um, yeah, this last so this last one where I brought it under the year. So I think it's set in the 60s in some sort of Midwestern town, I guess, in America. I'm not really sure of the actual place. But for some reason, the last fight sequence, which has all come from her imagination, is incredible incredibly futuristic battle robots in some sort of like it was it was oh, yeah. almost like a, of the avengers you know it's that sort of that sort of fight sequence it's like i robot was the uh the bad the baddie robot and um i, I just it just was essentially a, a visual feast of cgi action it was uh that was all that goes to it and you're also you don't get shown character development you get told character development which means that anything that's not the action sequence is incredibly boring. 
because somebody is talking to you trying to explain the next sequence or, or the feelings that's just happened. And I would slightly agree that, yeah, the, the, the bits that link the action scenes together maybe could have been scripted a little bit, could have been a little bit tighter. But then my counterpoint to pretty much all of Ozzy said, there's a bit in the film where she backflips over a dragon and slams the samurai sword into its brain. <laughs> I actually felt sorry for the dragon. She <laughs> well, literally just you know, killed the dragon. Well, all I'm saying is <laughs> like if you want to see that, watch this. <laughs> and you do, I can see it in your eyes, Joel. You want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> can't argue with that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Dave and Gav, more Dave than Gav, I think. <laughs> um, so, would you agree with Ozzy that it's just a basically a bunch of set pieces tied together with pretty much nothing? Um, I think Ozzy at the nail on the head when he said it's like a music video or moreover like four or five music videos that have been sewn together to try and make a film. He's right. The, the plot is kind of incoherent. It lives for its action set pieces, which Alex is quite right. They are beautiful to look at. You know, the CGI is excellent. The choreography of the fight scenes is, is very well done, but there is nothing filling the gaps in between. There is nothing there. It's like, I think, yeah, music videos sewn together is the best way to describe it. So, Gav, I know you're still really... Well, you still have the mind, really, of a teenage boy. <laughs> so, uh, did, and the body of a teenage boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what, what did you think about the points? Even with my teenage boy body and brain, I still thought that it was absolute garbage, man. Honestly, you you have a laugh there and say, oh, about teenage boys. But it is like a teenage boy has written this. Like, visually, it's absolutely beautiful. But the script is toilet paper. It is honestly awful. Like, as, as, um, as Dave said, it is like, you know, music videos. But once they're over, there's nothing to connect them together. And if you took them out of it, if you took the big fight scenes out of it and you tried to connect the story together in like a linear way, it'd just be completely nonsensical. And So are the fight scenes good? Does everyone agree on that? Yeah. 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 The, yeah. Fight scenes, the fight scenes are incredible. Uh, it's good action for an action movie, I would say. Yeah, fight yeah. scenes, but when it's concentrating, <laughs> when it's concentrating on the fighting and not the skimpy clothes that the girls are wearing, then, you know, it's, it's good. Yeah, I think it, someone mentioned it um, earlier, and they're quite right. The first one, yeah, that's that's a really good fight scene. They get a little more boring each time you see them. At this, even though they've got different settings and different bad guys, it gets a bit samey at the same time. No, I, I would disagree with that. I would say, because Ozzy said, oh, no, it gets a bit samey. No, I, I mean, what I would say is you get your fill from the action scenes. Like, you know, sometimes in some action movies, and I'd even say like The Matrix, which I think is one of the best action films ever, Sometimes they leave you wanting more, and that can be a good thing. But it's nice that Sucker Punch. Yeah. And this year, and, and you are kind of well and weird. truly you're sated. sated. Yeah. yeah, completely so sated. You're not, you're not so much so more. that you think, yeah, oh, you know, actually, I could have done with maybe two or three less bites. Remember when you get to Toby Carvery and you fill your pint <laughs> right up? Because it's all great stuff, and you've got that giant Yorkshire pudding. And you just can't finish it at the end. Yeah, that's where you're at, yeah. But I've you're never had that to problem. But if, <laughs> you're absolutely forced to get that yeah, down. But, it, but if you wanted a little bit more later, you could. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not... That's you know, dog, you're back and take yeah, it Yeah, who, who wants to go to a, a restaurant where you get the finest food, but it's only, you know, it's as big as your thumb? No, I want, I want a Toby Carvery, thanks very much. And so what what is the split of action to story in this in this film? Uh, uh, 95 to 5. I'd say 80 to 20 action. So it's literally just like an hour and a half of action sequences. Not even an hour and a half, mate. This is an hour and 50. You know, I, yeah, I'd say each, each action, there's what, four or five action set pieces? I'd say each ones, one yeah. lasts maybe 10 minutes max. Yeah. yeah. So they make yeah. up, I would say, under half of the film. So what, what is the rest? What happens in the rest? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, <laughs> take it away. <laughs> You're looking at me. Well, uh, some fantastic performances. If you're ready for a second point. Yeah, go on. Uh, yeah. Is, is there is there a point? Ozzy, is there a point? Is there a Would you want me to go? No, go for it. Are you sure? Well, yeah, yeah. Feel free. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I'm happy. I'm happy for you to try and argue that. No, time. I'd say so. You know, we were talking before. What ties the film together? 
you know, Sucker Punch has an extremely good cast. Look at it on paper. You know, you've got Scott Glenn, <laughs> who I think is fantastic, and I know Dave does as well. I, I, uh, do. I do. Carla Cugino, who's in, a, like, some of my favourite films. She's in The House on Haunted Hill. She's and she's in, in this Eyes. as well. She's in this as well. Uh, Oscar Isaac, you know, later on became, you know, a much bigger star. John Hamm, who, you know, every, every film's better with Hamm in it. Um, I think, I, you know, and all of these performances... Maybe they're not nuanced. Carla Gugino's accent isn't great. You know, I'm not going to say... It's you know, than great, mate. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's fantastic. But their faces keep, you, keep it going. I think if you'd had less recognisable actors or actresses, then you would have been a, lot, a bit more bored. But then you are like, oh, Oscar Isaac's on. And there are some good scenes in it as well. I think Scott Glenn's pretty solid all the way through it. I think Oscar Isaac's scene when he's... Um, when he's sort of like you know towards this final act he sort of figures out the that he's been betrayed and he starts taking revenge basically and i think that seems pretty pretty good actually and he comes across pretty villainous throughout it um and you know i think emily browning does a decent job in it as well you know you know i'd agree that maybe the script isn't the best i wouldn't say it needs to be to be honest in this film but i think they all do well with some sometimes pretty clunky dialogue and it doesn't feel clunky yeah maybe later when you say the lines out of context you could be like oh wow yeah but actually at the time again i'll bring you back to you're not really thinking about it during those periods you're kind of remembering oh yeah that bit where she backflipped and you know slammed the samurai sword in the dragon's head that was cool you know, yeah, and then you go into the next one scene <laughs> and then you'll find that keeps and again and again repelling well, and it was a good bit um so yeah you know i'd, I'd say there are a little bit you know the, the bits in between the action sequences aren't the best but the performances are solid enough and the actors are recognizable enough to keep the whole thing ticking along quite nicely all right thanks for that Ozzy, it sounds like you completely agree with great. that. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, so, um, great cast on paper, I totally agree, but that doesn't make, uh, you know, a great cast does not a good film make. Like, think about Ocean's 12, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Benny Mac, Don Cheadle, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Julia Roberts, Andy Garcia. Shit film. I quite like Ocean's 12. <laughs> I mean, I hope you're going to go into more detail about this film than you spent on fucking Ocean's 11. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> like, it, just because it's got a good cast doesn't mean that it's, um, you know, they, they've done their absolute best to to drag a good film out of a really shit script. Yeah, you know, and you need to, if you've got, if you're lacking in script, you're lacking in plot and storyline, you need good actors to try and save it because they're people who are, they're absolute pros who can do the best with this. And, and I think people, in, in some aspects, they do try, but like, the, the, the characters in this, the, the female characters in this, are just infantilized. Essentially, they just they they're incredibly sexualized, incredibly infantilized. They don't have that much to do, the, and the the story is incredibly simple for them to try. You know, the points between action sequences are so simple. It's literally we need to find these four items. How are we going to do that? Well, it doesn't matter because I've already seen them. I know where they are. You see them at the very start, and she makes it, and it's really blatantly obvious these four things which they zoom in on go slow-mo on make a funny little sound effect every time they're on the screen so you know they're the four things they're going to look for and you know that in the first 30 minutes and then um you know the people who've got them you know who owns these things so you know who's going to get um who's going to get a, a lap dance basically and that's what these action sequences are they're um they're a pretense for a lap dance so when she dances she goes into this weird uh, imagine imagination world and uh, and she's incredibly mesmerising as a lap dancer, so nobody understands what's going on around them because they're so mesmerised by her and this action sequence that's going on that uh, people can just take stuff off them. Uh, you just be pickpocketed, somebody can go into another room, take stuff. Um, so it, it, the, the, the actors don't have that much to do. Like I think the, the, the villains, all of the male characters are villains in this, and I think they are, um, you know, they're... they're good villains you don't like them you don't like them in the slightest um doesn't but they don't have anything good to say you know there's not there's not much acting to do in this it's the action that, that pays off and yeah the, the like the women do a great job of of the action sequences um but the actual acting between it and the the um the camaraderie and the, the friendship and stuff i just didn't feel it's not really there there's a few sequences where you think okay well yeah there's some sort of relationship with these guys they they get it, but it's, it tries to move. It tries to pack so much in to the hour and forty nine minutes that it is that there's no time for them to. And because there's the action sequences, there's no time for people to really to to, to develop, and the character arc doesn't really happen. 
So um, the first sequence or the first time you meet the rest of the um, of the women in the institution, because it turns into, it, sorry, I didn't mention this before. So the first um, imagination, the first barrier that she puts up is rather than being in this mental institution, she's now in a brothel. Uh, I think it's got a bordello in the, in the film, but it's the same. You know, it's the same thing. It's a, it's a some sort of CD lap dancing venue that very wealthy men uh, turn up to to receive these dancers. So she meets the the top girl at the time, and um, no, they don't like each other. It's in the top girl's head. That whole the whole film is in the top girl's head, isn't it? No, the whole film is in the other girl, the new girl's head. No, it's in the top girl's head. Like she, because the film starts where she's uh, brought into the the theatre bit, right? And she's been, and then it flips, and you go to Sweet Pea's yeah, yeah. imagination of it, and then the whole film is her cognition of where she is. So it's Sweet so Pea's imagination. imagination. That's why right at the end of the film, Take it she goes, back, "It's Joel, your story." Yeah. <laughs> now that he was Abby that. Cornish is characterising the head. Yeah, yeah. Abby, and, then, yeah. and then at the end, she goes, "It's not never been my story. It's been your story." And so the film, the film does make sense. I'm not so saying it's we, well, super go. Joel, described. Joel, let but me it take it. Oh, now that I know that it was in somebody else's head, <laughs> oof, what a film! Easy Fuck, film. What a film! <laughs> if this doesn't go on the hit list now, now that we, I mean, I literally just watched the film from start to finish and did not know that that that's what's happened. That's how coherent the story is. That it was not. It was genuinely not clear that the actual. I, I get that she says this isn't my story; it's your story. But there was no. It there was, was no not, way I knew that was not, in her it's head. It's not spelled out, but you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a subtle film. All right. So, um, <laughs> Dave and, and Gav, do you think that do, is it clear? Like what's going on? Um, I've seen this film twice now. I watched it once years ago when it came out, and I watched it again in preparation for this podcast. First time around, I completely missed that we'd gone into Abby Cornish's head. I thought we were still inside Emily Browning's head. Second time around, yeah, I spotted it. But on the first viewing, no, passed me by completely. So second time around, I got there. Yeah, same here. To be honest, I, I completely... Bearing in mind that it's very hard to watch as a film, so it's easy mm. for stuff like that to pass you by. But it's it's not a good film. This, this... <laughs> Thanks, character. <laughs> I think, to be fair, by the time that revelation comes along at the end of the film, I had zoned. Uh, oh out. yeah, you've completely made your mind up on this film before okay. then. Yeah. Like, all the f- female characters are awful, by the way. I, I, just, <laughs> I, I would like to reiterate what Ozzy said. All of the actresses did a fucking fantastic job. Like watching it, like they do all their own stunts. The choreography in it is incredible. You can see that they've been training for a long time, and it's really them doing it. And you know, hats off, they look impressive as fuck. But the way the characters are portrayed is borderline it's, it's, disgusting. It's absolute minimal, yeah. There's minimal character, mi- minimal backstory to anyone. Min- minimal, minimal. It's, it's like a female characters as written by a horny teenage boy with the initials. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 write that down, John. <laughs> okay, so um, should we do some closing statements? Sure. Yeah. Is there going to be any puns or songs? I mean, do you want there to be? I can think <laughs> no of songs. I don't, I don't. At least try and at least <laughs> at least try. Just try and get one. Uh, it's got... a good film. Ozzy, <laughs> <laughs> can you match that? Um, sweet dreams are made of these, mm-hmm. and I am going to completely disagree with everything. It's like a rap of sweet dreams. <laughs> With everything that Alex says about the film, other than the action sequences, the action sequences are great, but by the end of the hour and 49 minutes, I felt like I uh, could have done with the lobotomy. <laughs> and I'd been sucker punched into watching such an awful film. <laughs> nice. Damn. Uh, right. <laughs> I, I had something to do with punch to sucker and stuff like that, so I'll just I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip the flourish. Should have gone first, man. This is what know, uh, right. Sucker punch is worth watching. If you wanna see some very innovative action scenes, you wanna see a whole mishmash of genres, you wanna see an action film that feels free, that isn't actually constrained even by narrative, that just like feels like it can literally be anything. 
anything can happen, then watch Sucker Punch. There isn't another film like Sucker Punch out there. And, you know, maybe some people would say that's a good thing, you know, but like, I think it is, it is genuinely original. It is innovative. We live in a time now that's full of sequels, full of reboots. And Sucker Punch was a time, you know, is, is something that is actually original and different. They didn't get the female characters right. I would agree. Um, maybe it could have been done a lot better, but it's got some great songs that run all the way through it with some good remixes. Really good action, like I've said about 100 times, and a, and a good, solid cast that keep the action rolling all of the way through it. So, worth a watch, and I think deserve, means it deserves to be on the hit list. <laughs> all right. Let's fill this void with a quiz, Cav. <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, this is a very slapdash quiz I've just made up right now called um, Sucker Punches. So these uh, are all have, about... you, have you also eaten this quiz? I, I was going to say, do you I know fucking... how much shit I get whenever I do like a quiz? <laughs> <laughs> I've probably Ozzy this one up. That, that, like, I couldn't remember if Ozzy had mentioned anything about the poor female characters. That's why I had to shoot a horn in. And I was like, did Ozzy say this? I mean, we're like, fucking listening. Yeah, we were like Joel watching the footy. I know. <laughs> yeah, at least I was doing something to contribute to this. I mean, whether or not it's good is <laughs> another question. Right, so uh, basically all of you have got three questions each. Uh, if you can't answer the first time round, I'll hand it off to anybody else you've got to make a buzzer noise starting with dave your questions up first um so these are all about sucker punches or punches in films what does will smith say when he punches the alien in independence day welcome to earth yes well done dave (laughs) okay uh number two ozzy Uh, one of the most famous sucker punches in movies is inflicted on somebody by themselves and that's by edward norton in fight club now he didn't have a name in the film but what was he referred to as Edward Norton or his... It, his character. Uh, oh, I don't know. All right, okay. Throwing it out to anybody else? Damn. Don't remember. Yeah, I don't, don't remember. Don't know. <sighs> he was called the narrator. Because it's in the book, Well, uh, uh, my original question was, what was his job? But I was like, nah, it's a bit too hard. <laughs> Didn't um, he make soap? No, that's what he, he went on to do. Yeah. He worked at, uh, and he was like an, a specialist at improvements, recall set. You know what it's called? Oh, yeah, for cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay uh, next question, Joel. In Groundhog Day, Bill Murray's character, Phil, gets annoyed at being trapped in a time loop and punches an old school friend in the mouth. What is the name of the groundhog in the film? Oh, wow. Well, I have oh, no shit. idea. Good question. <laughs> These are hard. Oh, okay. Throwing it out to Dave. Dave. Is it Phil? It is Phil. Yeah, He's nice. got the same name as the Groundhog. Sorry, that's why I thought it would be quite easy. Um, okay. Punks are Tony. Punks are Tony, Phil. Oops, you daisy. Uh, right, next question <laughs> is for. Shit, daisy. Next question is for Alex. Alex, what's the profession of the guy who Uncle Buck punches? Oh, uh, I don't know drug dealer <laughs> no <laughs> anybody else I haven't seen it in a long I, time I think you got Uncle Buck confused with Death Wish <laughs> <laughs> okay anybody Dave uh, I don't remember is it a clown oh. well done I see it is nice. a clown yes uh, yeah. he is Just a think, clown I see the the scene yeah. <laughs> Just was like, is that get the in one? your mouse <laughs> right, okay um Next question is for Dave. Uh, Mike Starr's character sucker punches a guy wanting to use the payphone at one point in Dumb and Dumber. What trick did Lloyd and Harry play on him afterwards? I saw this film once when I was like seven. I don't remember. Throwing it out, Alex. They put chilies in his uh, his sandwich. Yeah, okay, I'll I'll give you that. So they replaced the uh, ketchup with hot sauce. Yeah. Okay, right, next question is to Ozzy. Ozzy, the hangover, okay, who does Alan take a punch in the face hole from? Um, oh, Mike Tyson. Oh, well done, Ozzy, just, just before Joel came in. Uh, okay, next question is for Joel. Okay, in uh, Christopher Mince Place, is that his name? Uh, he gets sparked right out in Superbad whilst using an ID which says his name is McLovin. But what is his character's actual name? Uh, Fogel. Oh, well done, Joel. Nice. Well done. Okay, Alex, uh, in Blazing Saddles, out of frustration, a character punches a horse out. <laughs> what was that character's name? Uh, I don't know. Dave. Dave? I think it was in Mongo. It was Mongo. <laughs> uh, question nine. Okay, on to Dave. Now, it's st- still keeping with the theme of punching animals. In Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> what a theme. What animal does Conan knock out? 
a animal that's coming on knockout. Is it oh, the well. Schwarzenegger one, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Why does he knock out? Um, oh, bzz, I'm going to say a snake. Okay, now, uh, Joel. A camel? Yes, well done, oh, a camel. Nice. Well done. Right, and moving on to Aussie. Uh, jingle all the way here, and we're still sticking with the theme of Arnold Schwarzenegger punching animals. Um, <laughs> which animal did he knock out in Jingle All the Way? Is it a reindeer? It is a reindeer. Well done, Ozzy. Uh, I like when Gav does a quiz. I feel like I get an easy <laughs> ride. <laughs> okay, uh, moving on to Joel. In planes, trains, and automobiles, Steve Martin's character gives an expletive laden tirade and then gets punched in the gob by who? Oh. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, no. That's yeah, that's yeah, when he gets grabbed by the knots. Yeah. yeah I remember I him getting grabbed by the knots. I don't remember being Okay, first. maybe I've got it wrong. I mean, these are all just off the top of my head. Who does he get grabbed by the knots by? Uh, a taxi driver. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. Uh, so I was thinking, doesn't he, does he not get... Um, oh, no, he doesn't get punched by the person who works at no, the airport. No. Yeah, no. Hey, no, you're fucked. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right, Alex, I'll give you a point for that. And uh, last question, Alex, which celebrity does Happy Gilmore get socked by during a charity golf tournament? Oh, shit. Um, been a while since I've seen it. Don't know. Is it a tennis guy? Uh, no, anybody? Jack Nicholas. No, okay. Is it, is it a golfer? No, no, it's a, fa- a famous TV show host in America. Regis Philbin? No, close, Dave. It's Bob Barker. Oh. Right, so at the end of that quiz, Ozzy and Dave are both the winners with three points. However, this time around, I have got a lightning round question. Oh, oh. Yes. Okay. Right, okay, so question, here we go. It's a film that we all should know and love. We have judged it on this podcast quite recently. Right, first one to answer with a comedy buzzer. What is the name of the news reporter that gets twatted in the face at the end of Die Hard? No, I can't. Oh, oh, one. Anybody? Oh, no. <laughs> Want to say, like, Phil again or something like that? Oh, no. Okay, three, oh. two... One, I'm Richard gonna... Dick Thornberg. Oh, oh, damn it! <laughs> Can I have half a point? I had a great uh, sound effect ready. Just for that. That's a win. Hang on. Right. I've got one more question that I can oh, pick wow. off, right? Okay, what does Pierce Brosnan's James Bond say when he sneaks up on a person taking a dump in Goldeneye before he punches him? <laughs> bing, bing, bing. Did he say, beg your pardon, forgot the knock? <laughs> well done, Dave. In his voice as well. <laughs> He's already incapacitated. I mean, just leave him. The base is going to explode anyway. Just let him have a shit. I mean, that guy has got the worst deal out of it all. Hopefully, he just comes around in consciousness as well as like, what's going on? <laughs> what happened there? Exploded. Uh, at least I can enjoy my dump now. <laughs> Okay, uh, Joel. Yeah. I, d- I don't know what to say after following that. <laughs> um, you know what? Listening to these arguments, I want to watch the film. <laughs> so, you know, for that reason, I'm going to... No, it's going on the shit list. <laughs> <laughs> I just think... You, I do, I do still want to watch the film just to see the fight sequences, but it does just sound like, you know, I could just YouTube the fight sequences and skip the film. Um, yeah, um, that's do, enough said, really. Do do that. Okay, so genuine opinions, Ozzy? Uh, yeah, I thought it was shit. Yeah. I, I, I kind of wanted to like it, but within the first 35 minutes, I'd, I'd given up. I thought it was, it was, everything was just too pointed to me. It was told at me. Um, there was no. I mean, I appreciate it's probably is some subtlety in the film, but I just felt it wasn't, it was actually maybe too subtle. And then there were other bits that were just so force fed to you that it would just, it just annoyed me a bit, to be honest with you. So no. And Alex? Uh, I think Zack Schneider probably should be allowed to do action sequences, but not be put anywhere near stories. He's clearly, (laughs) he's clearly cannot write a story (laughs) at all. Like there's, the, it, it raises some interesting issues at the start, especially like women in mental yeah. health institutes that you think this is really good. But the main point for me that would mean it should definitely be on the shit list is it like it cr- contains its own sort of critique. So it's like saying, oh, you know, women are exploited and then yeah. it spends the rest of the film exploiting, exploiting women. women. Exploiting so women. It, it's, yeah. it's, 
it's bizarre. But um, you know, if you, the, the, the action sequences are innovative. So, like Joel, I'd, I'd, I don't, I'd get it. I wouldn't buy. I wouldn't spend a lot of money for it. But I'd just fast forward to the action sequences if you ever fancy doing that. YouTube's free, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was a higher or lower on IMDb than our previous film on trial, which was Candyman, which scored six point six out of ten. Lower, lower. I'm going to say fives. Fives? Anybody um, higher than that? I'm going to say higher on IMDb. Yeah, five point eight. I reckon it's just stylish Six. enough that maybe it edged it. Yeah, I'm going to say undeservedly. Undeservedly, but oh, okay, right. Well, uh, it's not as bad as Brucey was saying, but it's six point one out of ten oh. uh, on IMDb. But on Metacritic, which is all critic and audience responses, it's thirty three out of a hundred. Just quite. That bad. feels that feels more like it. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. feels too high. Yeah. To me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever go and look at the. Like the reviews of people who like sucker punch. Well. I tried to do it to get some ideas for the arguments, and it, it didn't help. <laughs> I definitely feel like we've done one too many films below the thirty percent mark. On yeah, I feel like we need to raise the game. And now, but, like, people, like to be yeah. honest, however, this... we've got a massive hit list. But to, to be honest, right, this is a film that, like, a 6.1 out of 10 on IMTB, which is obviously, um, that, that's not critics, that's people, that's audiences. Fans. So it is sort of quite divisive. As, you know, our pal Frank the Tank suggested, it's something that him, him and his boss have been arguing about for a while. Yeah. It's one of those films that you either love it or you absolutely hate it. I'd, I'd honestly say Sucker Punch is that bad that it, it you know, most films are subjective. Do you know what I mean? You can all have your opinion about it. I think Sucker Punch is objectively that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's more just fact rather than opinion. Okay, well, so uh, putting that to the test, we once again put a poll up on Twitter asking our friends and followers to say which list Sucker Punch should be placed on. And 71% of our listeners decided that it should be placed on the shit list. Good on them. Oh. Good on them. So, uh, uh, I was worrying a little bit about their taste over the last few films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have been putting a lot of stuff on the hit list, haven't they? What was uh, Crossroads? Um, wrongly okay before we adjourn the case it's time for a little caption contest so what I do here is I take a screenshot of the film and I put it on Twitter and ask our friends and followers to provide a caption with the funniest one winning a frog shaped chocolatey treat okay so the caption I've got here is Emily Browning's baby doll face to face with a big old angry looking dragon and you guys have just got to decide which one is the best starting with my armor is like tenfold shields my teeth are swords my claws spears the shock of my tail is like thunderbolt wait a minute you don't look like a hobbit <laughs> uh, Gail are you smog dragon boy you're a dragon racist um, <laughs> Uh, next one but grandmother what big teeth you have <laughs> uh, sweet pea you're not a real dragon dragon you're not a real blonde <laughs> uh, <laughs> next one is Dracarys quite, quite apt um, I, I, next one is I've come for the Snyder cut <laughs> uh, penultimate one no. is no. <laughs> no you don't want to watch the Snyder cut that getting hacked, get hacked out yeah, yeah. Uh, our penultimate one is uh, when she comes over for Netflix and chill <laughs> and our last one is you look nothing like your Tinder profile <laughs> uh, last one got it for me yeah I, I kind of like the um, you don't look like a hobbit one Oh, you're not a real blonde was good as well. I, I like Jakaris. You know, now Game of Thrones is over. Yeah. Okay, Joel, you got the deciding vote. Definitely not Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll go for the, uh, the one that Ozzy said. What, what, I forgot what Ozzy like said. Four of them. Yeah, Ozzy. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the. Um, I'm going to go with the Hobbit. The Hobbit. Yeah. Okay, so well done to our good friends, the Cinema Guys. You have just won yourselves a flippity Freddo. Okay, and before we call it a day, we just wanted to give a shout out to one of our podcasting friends coming off the Reels podcast. So essentially, it's just a bunch of nerds talking about films. That's me not picking on them, by the way. That's what they say. I think Pot Kettle Black on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest, their show is a little bit like ours. They talk about, you know, recent films mainly, and not all of them disagree on it. So sometimes some of them haven't seen it. So it, it, they are trying to convince the other person why it's good and the other one's saying, oh, no, actually, it is, it is terrible. So it's, it's a lot like ours. And it's, it's very good as well because the friends, they're all very, uh, they've got great chemistry and 
It's very engaging. It's very funny as well. Would you, would you say we have great chemistry? We've got chemistry, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say the majority of us have chemistry when we're insulting you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you all band together then. So uh, if you're going to check them out, uh, they're on uh, comingoffthereels.com. They're on most podcasts and platforms. I recommend checking out uh, some episodes like ones that we've done, Mary Poppins Returns, Alita, Captain Marvel, and us. And you can also follow them on Twitter at Coming Off the Reels. Okay, so our next film has been picked out of the hat at random, and it is John Wick 2. Happy coincidence to tie in with the success of the third film, I should say. Mm. And all of the roles have been picked out at random as well. So in defense, it's going to be Joel. In the role of prosecution, it's going to be me. In the role of character witnesses, are going to be Brucey and Dave. And in the role of judge is going to be Ozzy. So you don't know what list this is going to end up on. <laughs> uh, so just want to say thank you very much to everybody who has listened to this episode. Please remember to like, share and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your samurai, Nazi zombie and or robot counterparts. Just spread the warm love that is Films on Trial in as many years as possible. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Film Trials. Also check out our fantastic graphic artist, Winston Sang, at the underscore quirks whilst you're there. And check out our website, filmsontrial.co.uk, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our lovely YouTube channel. So... That's it, everyone. Sucker Punch is a definite shit. And we will be in your ears next week with John Wick Chapter 2. Goodbye. (laughs) 